0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: This is Metroscope, an Intercom Radio Portland public affairs program. I'm Gary Bloxham, and on this show, we are going to be talking about the tech industry and more specifically, how you or someone you know could enter into the tech industry. On the show this time, I would like to welcome Hannah Patterson and Danny Condon, both with the Tech Academy here in Portland. Welcome to the show, guys.
2: Thank you. Hello.
1: So Danny, let me first start with you. Could you tell us what is the Tech Academy?
2: So the Tech Academy is a coding boot camp, which is essentially a training program to teach people how to develop software. It's a 20 to 30 week program um, and teaches someone who essentially knows nothing all the way up to the point where um, they know how to to develop software, um, how to make websites, and then we help them get a job. So,
1: coding, what it is coding programming, basically, is that what it is?
0: Yeah. so basically, it's it's a way for a person to tell a computer what they want it to do. Uh, I always say that pretty much any time you open your phone or a computer and you're using it to do anything, a developer programmed it used a computer language to tell the computer what to do. And that's software development. That's coding.
1: So you mean the iPhone doesn't think on its own? No.
0: Computers, yeah, that's something that we emphasize a lot lot at the school (laughs) is that it's just a machine. It doesn't think. Even artificial intelligence, it's never going to think on its own without someone else having programmed it to do something.
1: So what kind of students come to the Tech Academy?
2: Um, Basically, people who are looking to either make a career change into coding or who are looking, maybe they were encoding or like earlier on, but want to freshen up their skills and want to learn the most recent technologies. But it's essentially people who do want to have a career in software development.
1: And but like you said at the very beginning, it's maybe people that have never done it before, right? So yeah. you're brand new to it.
0: Yeah, there's there's a really wide range of students, which which is fun. We've had you know 18 year olds who are fresh out of high school and have just always known that this is what they want to do, and they're they're starting their first career for the first time. And then we've had people in in their you know early sixties, like a retired pastor who's you know. And so sometimes it's people who coded decades and decades before and, and don't know any of the new technologies, and sometimes it's people who who are barely they're just familiar computer users have no background in in development at all.
1: That's it must be super interesting because it's all walks of life that are coming to you, right? Yeah, it really is. Something that the, that you have at the Tech Academy is called Coding Boot Camp. What is, what is Coding Boot Camp? And I'll ask you that.
0: Yeah, we, we call it a Coding Boot Camp because it's sort of in intensive. Our program, uh, we're unique in that we're self-paced. So the length of time it takes a student varies from student to student. But it's typically a 20 to 30 week program. And it's supposed to be as immersive as possible. Um, Sort of that beginning to end, we're going to take you from having no background to being a well-rounded junior developer that's ready to get hired right away, uh, and so that's that's where the boot camp part of that
1: comes from. And what what do you mean by intensive? Is it like twenty four hours a day? Or are you doing this on the weekends, or <laughs> is it never? Do you never get some sleep?
0: It's, it's pretty flexible scheduling. Yeah. The The initial concept of a developer boot camp comes out of San Francisco, and that was an extremely intensive, you know, 80 hours a week you're sitting in front of your computer. And we we have a much more relaxed approach than that, um, <laughs> and students control their own schedules. So uh, it's about 20 weeks long if you're studying 40 hours a week. We've had students who pretty much just slept, ate, and studied and got through it really, really fast. And then there's people who hold down full time jobs and are just studying on, you know, in the evenings and on weekends and, you know, parents who are working around their kids schedules, that sort of thing, too.
1: Is this something that you do? Do you come to the Tech Academy or do you do this online?
2: Yeah, there's a few different options. Um, You can come to the campus in downtown Portland. um, And that's the that's the preferred method because you have instructors there to help you as you're going through. You, You get all your questions answered right away. Um, but the entire program is available online. Um, we developed our own custom learning management system, so you can literally, you know, be on vacation in Hawaii on the beach, you know, studying software <laughs> development and learning to be a programmer. Would
1: that be the <laughs> antithesis of why you're on vacation,
2: though? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm on vacation so I can study.
1: <laughs> yeah. If you want. Yeah. If you want. Yeah. <laughs> So how long have each of you been at the Tech Academy? Hen, I'll ask you that first.
0: Uh, I've been with the Tech Academy for about a year and a half now. I started uh, right after Labor Day in 2016.
1: And what is your role at the Tech
2: Academy?
0: I'm the vice president for outreach, so I oversee uh, sort of community outreach and marketing strategies, both of those two things.
2: And Danny, how about you? I've been at the Tech Academy for three years, um, and I've pretty much done everything <laughs> n- non-technical. So. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. haven't really surprisingly haven't touched a lick of code, but <laughs> have helped, you know, um, you know, hundreds of people get jobs once they do finish the program, um, you know, and all the administrative, you know, sign up, um, hiring people, firing people, you, you know, you name it, you yeah. know, it's a, it's a startup where, you know, you wear a lot of different hats, but...
0: Danny always talks about how when he started, he he made the coffee every morning. That's like this running joke at the school is that Danny's the coffee maker.
2: I've graduated from that. Since yeah,
0: he, he does a Are few they, other things now too.
1: Do they rely on you still for coffee though? I I could see that.
2: Well, it, for the good stuff,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. the good stuff. <laughs> Special occasions, <laughs> yeah. If you're a student studying, you gotta have the good stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. that's right.
0: We definitely <laughs> a prioritize key, key coffee.
1: Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: uh, where did the idea
2: for the Tech Academy come from, Danny? I'll ask you that. Sure. Um, so, um, one of our co-founders, Eric Gross, he um, actually learned um, computer programming, software development about computers when he was in the Navy. He was a nuclear reactor operator. Um, so. And he had been involved in technology essentially his whole life, um, but a few years ago he essentially was um, working as a senior software developer, but was taking on contract work um, and realized that there was a lot of work that he didn't necessarily need to do himself. You know, a lot of uh, simpler tasks that any junior programmer could could do. So he he started teaching people. He started you know taking a few students under his wing. Um, Teaching him how to how to code and that type of thing, and um, because he he couldn't find any anyone around who you know who already knew enough to be able to do that, so he ended up teaching people himself. Um, and then one day, basically, his son came home and was like, "Dad, I want to do a I want to do a software boot camp." And Eric was like, what, what is that, right? <laughs> uh, found out that this is a thing where, you know, intensively teaching people to develop software. And he realized that he was essentially doing that with these few students that he had working for him. Um, so he decided to turn it into an actual, an actual school, um, which got, essentially, that's where Jack came into play. Um, Jack Stanley is our um, other co-founder who really brought the administrative um, know-how into into the mix and really put an actual school there um, and the day-to-day runnings of of the office and, and how to how to run a company essentially and they worked together and, and built it from there
1: and the rest is history Yeah, that's right exactly <laughs> here we are today <laughs> um, let me open this up to both of you how important is the tech industry to the portland metro area and I'll ask you that first.
0: Uh, it's essential, and it's it's growing rapidly. I feel like everything in the city is growing rapidly right mm-hmm. now. But definitely the the technical element. We have you know, of course, there's there's Intel, but there's lots of other large technical companies here, and lots of uh, startup tech companies in Portland that are are quickly growing. So it's it's definitely essential. And then on top of that, as our lives become more technical these skills become more essential in every industry. Uh, we, we've had people go through our program or start our program that no, don't necessarily want to leave the job that they're currently in, but that these skills are going to be more and more essential. I, I had a student the other day say, these skills are just going to really help me help my team. Um, and she, she works in education. And she just knows that that adding the ability to develop software to her existing toolkit is is going to help her no matter what she d- does.
1: Yeah, technology is kind of here to stay, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <so.
1: laughs> and what, can you either one of you speak to the fact that there's a lot of companies that were initially based in the San Francisco or the Bay Area, and they were kind of moving north? Are there, is there kind of a migration coming this way?
2: Yeah, I definitely say there is. Um, I mean, the city of Portland—I've you know, lived here my whole life. I'd say we have a lot to offer here. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I've definitely seen, you know, many different companies start in the Bay area, migrate up here. Um, you know, obviously it's, it's a lot more affordable up here. Um, there are a lot of, um, perks to living up in Portland. Um, so yeah, we are, we are growing from from that direction up here, for sure.
0: Yeah, I was I was talking to a technical recruiter the other day who was talking about how there was the huge boom in San Francisco and how it grew like crazy, and then that happened in Seattle, and now we're really seeing that happen in Portland. Um, that it's kind of we 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 might be the last of the three to join that party, but that the boom is starting to happen here as well. Yeah.
1: Wow. So more traffic is coming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sadly, I think so. I don't mean to put the sad face on it. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's I've lived in Portland for probably close to 25 years, and it's definitely changed over the time. It definitely yeah. has. It's, it's, uh, there's a lot more people here. <laughs> yeah. But a lot more exciting things happening in this beautiful city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, it really is. Um, So Hannah, I'm going to ask you, sell me on entering the tech world. What What are the benefits and what are all the great things out there that, that I should be interested in?
0: Uh, the, the biggest things really come down to... J- finding a job when you're done, coming into the tech industry. There's a lot of high paying jobs and those jobs aren't going anywhere. Uh, we were looking at a statistic yesterday that something by 2020, there's an estimated 1 1 million unfulfilled tech jobs that, you know, computer science graduates are, are only going to be filling a small percentage of what, what the industry is going to need by 2020. So coming into the tech industry, there's going to be jobs, and those jobs are going to pay really, really well because there's not enough people to do them. Uh, and, and I think that that's the biggest reason to come into it.
1: That's actually uh, really quite surprising that there's, so, there's going to be so many unfilled positions in, yeah. in that industry. How come? Not, not necessarily how come they're unfulfilled, but how come there's so many jobs?
0: when we look at our lives i think even even just in my lifetime or even if i look back 10 years to to how much technology was in our day-to-day lives and how how much it was used to get from point a to point b or to communicate with somebody to where we are now i as some of us can't function without our smartphone for 10 right. minutes or right. you know how would i how would i know where i'm going or how would i tell someone i'm going to be 5 minutes late like those those kinds of things and it's it's just immersing into more and more aspects of our life and I think we're going to see that continue.
1: Yeah, I, I can't imagine it ever reversing back right. to where we don't have the ability to text. Right. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> and,
0: and as technology uh, <laughs> expands and grows and, and we can use it for more and more things to make ourselves more efficient or to make our lives easier, someone is doing the work to make the technology do those things. And, and that's the
1: developers. Let me be devil's advocate a little bit and say, you know, what, <laughs> what more could my phone do what more can my laptop do that it doesn't already do it's like it's so fast already you know
0: oh i think that it all seems the time.
1: like yeah you think wow is this kind of is I, this it is this I think, it
0: <laughs> i think those things all the time like how how could it possibly do more but the things it does now i wouldn't i wouldn't have thought of on my own either i would have never it wouldn't have occurred to me that phones could do all they're already doing
1: yeah, to think that the, the your telephone is more powerful than the computer you had 10 years ago. Yeah. It's pretty phenomenal. So what's on the horizon? What do you guys see coming up? In terms of technology itself or in terms of Yeah, like- I guess in terms of technology and and just kind of what's on the horizon of
0: There's I mean there's so many things. I think artificial intelligence is is definitely mm-hmm. the direction a lot of things are moving in um you know what what will these robots be doing and, and how will they make our lives easier and how will they make them more difficult? And uh, so that's definitely.
2: Yeah. Cryptocurrency is another one that uh, you know, buzzword that's coming up. Yeah. A lot. The
0: blockchain like, and what it's capable of um, is it's going to open a, a ton of doors.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, cryptocurrency with, um, you know, our, our, our currency is becoming electronic. It is becoming, um, you know, numbers. Um, within computers, um, that in itself is is just a huge impact that like you know that started you know a number of years ago over ten years ago, but um, is definitely within the last year now is becoming a huge factor and um, there's a lot of involvement in it. Um, a lot of our students are getting very interested in that and, and learning more about it so that's another thing maybe explain
1: more about what cryptocurrency what you mean by cryptocurrency
0: so electronic money is is essentially the, the root of it. Uh, a currency that is not controlled by any particular government or um anything like that, that it's it's open source and uh
2: yeah essentially um it's it's not controlled by any government. It's something that is um that you know is it's yeah. How would you, <laughs> it's, well, it's but kind of, it's kind of, a. there's, there's the technical aspect of how, of how you do that. Right. Yeah. But then there's, but then there's, what, what are the ramifications of it? Um, but yeah, essentially, um, yeah, it's not, it's not owned by any, any, any body. It is, it is something that right. you can, you can, it has value because of its own self-generated scarcity, um, that, that, you know, yeah, how we've created it.
0: And it's interesting because I mean, so far, when we look at things like Bitcoin, we just see extreme volatility. And some of us are like, well, why would I why would yeah. I want to keep my money in a place that I don't know what it's going to be worth tomorrow? Or, you know, why would a business want to ex- accept a payment when the, the value of that amount of, of Bitcoin could, could change in two days? And there's so many questions, but I... I think that all of those questions exist with each type of new technology. I think that when we first saw smartphones introduced, people were like, well, why would I want a phone that can do all of those things? I don't, I don't need a phone that can do that. I just need to call people. And now those people are using their smartphones to do everything. So, you know, over time, and and I think that we'll see that volatility calm down as, Mm -hmm. as it becomes more widely accepted. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's just so many questions around cryptocurrency and and the blockchain in general at this point, but yeah. I think that it, those buzzwords will become more and more a part of our lives.
1: Yeah, I've, I've watched a little bit of Bitcoin, and it certainly goes up and down a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind yeah, of crazy.
0: Exactly.
1: Something a little tentative about getting involved in. Yeah. Are you guys, are you guys all for it though?
2: I mean, I think it's going to be inevitably part of our future. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see any way around it. Um, so yeah, I mean, we we have you know some of our staff are very involved in it, very very interested in it. We. We've, uh, you know, given talks about it at the school. Um, so I don't think there's any, in my opinion, no, no use in avoiding it. I think. <laughs> it's a pretty cool technology, too. And um, and um, for what it stands for, you know, like the idea that it's not controlled by any um, government or anything like that is also, in in my opinion, a pretty cool concept. Um, but, yeah, I think that, you know, in the future we're going to see it um, a little less used um, for strictly investment purposes and more like yeah I'm gonna to go to the store and you know use this many Bitcoin or ethereum to mm-hmm. um, or fractions thereof to uh, purchase <laughs> what I want today.
0: yeah I, I definitely don't trust it enough yet that I'm personally pouring my life yeah. savings into it no right, right. no definitely not <laughs> but uh, but it's it's interesting it's fun to,
1: to watch yeah it's out there yeah and it's, it is interesting to, to, to see it. And see what it does. Yeah, that's cool. Danny, let me ask you, when people graduate from the Tech Academy, where are you seeing them being placed? What kind of jobs are out there? And have you followed people along just to see what their path
2: is? Oh, definitely. Um, So it's it's actually an array of different jobs. You think um, it's not necessarily that you just jump into, you know, sitting nine to five, writing codes uh, or writing lines and lines of code um, all day long. Um, the The number of different jobs that you can get when you know software is very, very wide. Like for example, um, some software companies, you know, with their newer developers, will start them off in customer service type roles, where they're um, where they are manipulating code, correcting code, um, you know, as type of a customer service, um, inter- you know, you know, maintenance type of activity, right? Um, And then they may move into more of a full-time developer type role. Um, But there's things like that. There's things like, um, you know, testing the software out, um, uh, quality assurance, um, as well as just, you know, you're starting as a software developer. Um, You could be developing websites. You could be making um, industry programs to help a business um, manage their inventory. Um, the, uh, The... the spectrum is as wide as technology itself is. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of never ending. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's out there. You yeah, can just keep going. What
1: right. kind of barriers do you see to learning software?
2: So um, the barriers to learning software, um, it'd be the same barriers. Like, like say you want to go to college, right? That's one route that you can go about learning software. Um, you're going to have to figure out the time to do it, um, and you're going to have to figure out the money. Um, to go to college so those are the barriers to getting into any industry but then um with software you have a you know an interesting barrier where you have to break into this industry which is a where you have to show that you can you can develop things you can make websites you can you know do what you're supposed to do with but of course you don't necessarily have experience doing it professionally so you you kind of have to some figure out breaking that barrier of um of having to have experience before you can gain experience, so to speak, you know, in a, in a real job. Um, but you know, outside of that, it's 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 learning to do it. What are your resources? Where are you going to go? Um, you know, are you gonna are you gonna study by yourself? You know, just there are t- you know tons and tons of online resources you could learn it. Um, or you know, are you gonna do a boot camp, which is a bit more of a controlled, directed approach to it?
1: actually that sounds like the the way to do it is just fully immerse yourself in it and and probably find out along that way if it's really something you want to do right
2: yeah absolutely um yeah we've had because because the tech academy is a little is different from a lot of boot camps in that you it's a full stack web development meaning you will develop you can learn to develop not only websites but also way back on the back end that stuff you never even hear or, or see. Yeah, the users <laughs> never touch. Yeah, you, you're, yeah, as a user, you don't know anything about that, you know. Um, but, um, you know, you learn, you learn the whole array of it. Um, and so, you know, the result of that is someone who's done the tech academy knows a bit more of, the, of a wider variety of technologies. And, you know, from there can either go like, great, I want to be someone who, who works on all of this, you know, entire stack here, or I want to actually just focus more on, you know, the front end user experience of, you know, developing websites, that type of thing.
1: And you said earlier that uh, you you kind of run the gamut of age groups, right, from yeah. fresh out of high school till sixties and seventy year olds. Yeah. Is there a particular personality that fits into the tech world better than others?
0: There's. Yes and no. I mean, we've seen because there's such a wide variety of students, we've seen a really wide variety of personality types and and skill sets and aptitudes that do really well in this industry. Uh, I would say a consistent thing that that people should like to do is work with computers, which sounds kind of funny. But there's there's some people who just have no desire to look at a screen or be in front of a computer, and they they probably won't do very well in software development. And then uh, on good. top that of that, logical. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's there's a lot of problem-solving in coding. There's a lot of doing something that doesn't work and having to figure out why it doesn't work. So people who like puzzles, people who like problem-solving, that, that personality trait does really well. Um, and then on top of that, I think... I think there's this, this misconception that coders sit in front of a computer by themselves all day. There's, you know, there's the running joke of the stereotype of the guy in his mom's basement right. like eating chips and drinking Mountain Dew and, and that he, he works by himself and, and doesn't get along well with people. And actually, that personality type doesn't do very well in this industry at all because truly a software developer is working in a team almost all the time. We say that uh, starting out, coders maybe spend 20% of their workday coding. And the rest of that is in meetings, is looking at things with your team, is sharing with your team and discussing what, you know, what you can do to make it better, those kinds of things. So really the ability to work with others is super important too.
1: It seems like it would be very collaborative.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Like not one person develops this app that does something.
0: Right. And if they do, it probably isn't going to work very well for most people.
1: (laughs) And how great that part of that collaboration is everybody's brains working in a different way to make it the yeah. user experience even that much more fulfilling.
0: Yeah, that's part of why the diversity is so much fun in this industry is different people think differently and approach problems differently and notice different things about the problem and have different ideas of how to fix it and make it better.
1: So what uh, what do you guys see in the future for jobs in the tech world? What What's coming up?
2: Well, I see a lot more jobs coming. Um, you know, a couple reasons for that. One, just because software, you know, cool apps on your phone and um, you know, different, you know, software companies coming up with cool ideas to make life more fun and efficient and easier. Um, that's one aspect of it. But the other aspect is pretty much every company nowadays has an IT department, has, um, is going to need their own website or need their own um, computer program to run their day-to-day business in order to, you know, keep up, with, keep up with their competition in order to be the most efficient and effective that they can be. So, um, not only you know, not only jobs in software companies, but also you know other companies that aren't software that have large IT departments um, who are who are building their own software.
1: The, the future is uh, very bright, I think, for the tech people.
2: Yeah, definitely, yeah, it definitely <laughs> is. We don't
0: anticipate it slowing down in our lifetime. <laughs> <Yeah. so. laughs>
1: no, not anytime soon. <laughs> well, this has been great. Thanks so much. Uh, actually, give out the website where we can get more information about the Tech Academy.
0: Yeah, our website is actually learncodinganywhere.com.
1: Awesome. Well, this has been great. Thanks for... Uh, getting us caught up on what's happening. in
2: the Yeah. Yeah, Thanks for having
1: us. We've been talking today with Hannah Patterson and Danny Condon with the Tech Academy. Thanks again. Metroscope is an Intercom Radio Portland public affairs program. I'm Gary Bloxham. If you're involved with a nonprofit or public affairs organization, or if you have an idea for an upcoming show, I'd like to hear from you. Visit metroscopepdx.com and submit your ideas. You can also go to this station's website and submit your information there. Thanks for listening to Metroscope and enjoy the rest of your weekend.